Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome to your last Summersode of 2022. It's finally here, or at least season three is almost here. I'm excited. Emily's excited. I know you guys are excited, but we've got one more little tidbit episode from Emily today. Plus... Stay tuned after, and we're going to be playing some of our favorite outtakes of season two. Who knows? One might be on this episode. Yeah. Who knows? Very possible. We'll see. I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. Mm -mm. No. But what I do know is what we are talking about today. Today, we are going to be talking about a young woman whose body was discovered um, under a tree off of Interstate 40 in Williams, Arizona. Her body was discovered on Valentine's Day, which is what kind of earned her the name of Valentine Sally because it was a very long time before she was able to be identified. Hmm. I never heard yeah. of this one before. It's going to be good. Yeah, so this is the story of Valentine Sally. said the decomposing body of a young woman was found under a tree along the interstate Williams Arizona Valentine's Day 1982 and the only reason why she was found was because this state trooper from Arizona was looking for a tire that flew off of a truck wow so just like imagine like the that was just like the right weird coincidence yeah that was just literally the right set of circumstances that happened for this girl to be found so when she was found she was wearing blue jeans with the brand name seasons uh she had a white sweater with a thin like red ish stripe she had a white bra a white handkerchief um her belt loops were torn which they gathered that that was probably from whoever killed her like dragging her body farther off of the road to kind of like hide her um she didn't have any shoes she didn't have any socks um she was taken to like the medical examiner's office where they did an autopsy um they figured she was about five four five five somewhere between 120 and 125 um her eyes were said to have been blue by uh witnesses who had seen her alive or someone who had fit her description um, her hair was kind of medium length and uh, like a blonde, a strawberry blonde color. She had several pretty identifying marks on her body. She had um, kind of a decent sized 
scar that was on the top of her foot that was about um, three and a half centimeters long. And she also had a big scar on the back of one of her thighs about the same length. Um, she had some kind of significant like moles and like, um, you know, freckles um, all over her body. Specifically, there were some that seemed to have been unique on her chest. So uh, the reason why I brought up the assumed color of her eyes based on witness descriptions is because the medical examiner estimated that she had been murdered about two weeks before she was discovered. Oh my God. And her exact cause of death couldn't be officially determined because of decomposition. Um, you know, even though this is February in Arizona, it's still pretty dang hot down yeah. there. But also, um, insect and wildlife had gotten at her face, head, and neck. But uh, they were able to kind of um, hypothesize pretty confidently that she had died of suffocation or asphyxiation because her hyoid bone wasn't broken, but there was also no other significant trauma on her body that they couldn't, um, you know, attribute to the animals or insects that got at her. Hmm. Um, her right ear was missing because of the animals that got at her, um, but they did find also, they, you know, um, tried to check her dental records, which didn't end up matching with anything, but they did find that one of her molars had been drilled into, like, um, like she was supposed to get a root canal mm -hmm. um, about a week before she died. And they also found aspirin um, in, in the hole in her tooth where they, that, they kind of figured that she was still having issues with it and it looked like she had um you know some issues with several um other of her several more of her teeth hmm. so naturally you know police and investigators kind of go out they're not really finding any local um missing persons reports um i don't i don't i think i might have accidentally skipped that part but they did also estimate that she was in like her late teens, early 20s. Okay, I was going to ask how old she was. Yeah. Yeah. Investigators aren't really finding any local missing persons reports that are matching her description, but they're still going out and trying to find out who she is, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is the early 80s, so sometimes someone could be missing for a significant amount of time before someone really notices because yeah. maybe you're not always calling your friends you're not super in touch with your family there's no social media you know, cell phones are not a thing really right there's no social media according to the doe network there was a student at northern arizona university at the time who uh, you know, kind of heard about this case and he thought he, he was like you know um i did give a girl a ride 
Um, around that time, he said it was February 2nd and the girl that he gave a ride to, like she was hitchhiking. Um, he said she told him that she was coming from Phoenix and she lived with her friends and family or she lived with her friends and she was working at a restaurant as a dishwasher. Um, but she was trying to get to New Jersey because she was having some issues with her family and she was trying to get to the little America truck stop in Flagstaff. I've been to one of those. To try and yeah, so she was trying to like hitch a ride to New Jersey with like a truck driver and that's kind of where she was trying to get to. Definitely not the safest way to travel. Right. Certainly not nowadays. Certainly not back in those days, mm-hmm. but it almost and maybe it's just because we didn't hear about stuff so much, but I feel like it was just it was just like Maybe it was a little safer back then, but I don't know, because there was a lot of active serial yeah, killers it was, in that Yeah, it was more common back then. But going back to what you said earlier, I think it's just because we didn't hear about it because there was no social media or internet or anything like that. So yeah, I, I don't have the data in front of me, but I would guess that it was probably just as much back then as it is now in terms of people going missing and bad things happening to them. But I, I think more people probably hitchhiked back then than they do now. Right. Well, yeah, because now I even feel like um, as 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 a driver, you got to be worried about who you're picking up. But I feel right. like more commonly, like especially back then, like you were just worried about who you were getting in a car with. On February 4th of that year, a gal named Patty Wilkins said she saw Valentine Sally entering her family's Monte Carlo truck stop with a much older man who was a truck driver. Um, Patty said that she thought this was really weird because the girl to her appeared to be a teenager and it wasn't very often that she saw teenagers outside that early in the morning. So right. Patty said she asked Red the girl flag. if she, yeah, she said she asked the girl if she was okay, if she was safe, if, if she, if she like wanted to stay at the truck stop. And the girl said she was staying with the driver. The guy ordered breakfast, but she didn't eat because she had a toothache. So Patty crushed up an aspirin tablet into a powder and put it on her tooth. So it's really sounding like this for sure is the girl. girl. Yeah. Because they found the aspirin after she died in her tooth. Yeah. And if you remember the timeline, the girl, they estimated that she died a couple weeks prior. So this and the tooth or, and the, and the aspirin was still in there which would have only been hours before she died. So it is, if all of this is to be believed, it is likely that whoever this truck driver is, is probably the one that killed her. Yeah. They did kind of like a, uh, like a police sketch 
type thing, kind of just like sketching out what they thought she looked like before she died. And uh, Patty um, was able to identify her as the girl she had seen. And um, especially after the detectives showed her photos of the clothes that she was found with. Oh, and Patty kind was of like, jogged her memory. Yeah. Patty was like, yes, that's the girl. Mm-hmm. So now we are going to fast forward a couple years after everything kind of hits a dead end to July of 1984, where Valentine Sally gets a name. Hmm. And the name is Melody Eugenia Cutlip, who was a runaway from Florida. Are you intrigued by the dark side of things like murder, kidnapping, and sex cults? What about when the criminal is your favorite musician or actor or director or writer? Hollywood might look like all glitz and glamour until you take a closer look. But I'll tell you one thing, that kind of point of view can make you more vulnerable. From Roman Polanski to Mackenzie Phillips to Judith Barcy to Kurt Cobain, Summer predators and summer prey. I'm Dee Dee West, and I just might ruin your childhood. Follow my podcast, Broken Limelight, where I cover celebrity true crime stories. For more information, visit brokenlimelight.com. Again, that's Broken Limelight. Follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Melody had been reported missing by her mother in 1980, and a forensic dentist, odontologist from Albuquerque, um, was apparently able to determine that, like, the dental impressions, like the bite marks from both girls were a match. Um, They did kind of more of, like, a digital facial reconstruction, which also matched Melody's appearance. However, Melody's mom was like, no, this isn't my daughter. Why? I don't, I don't know. I couldn't really figure it out, but Melody's mom was adamant that this was not her daughter. And it turns out she was right because Melody was reunited with her family in the summer of 1986. Oh, (laughs) she was definitely right then. Yeah, she was right. And unfortunately, Melody did end up getting in a car accident in Louisiana in 1998, and she died. Oh. Which is a super bummer, just kind of like a side note, which... Yeah. Like, I read about that, and I was like, oh no, like, that's super sad. Yeah. And it's sad that they're no closer to finding out who this girl was, or, or who killed her. Yeah, so we are absolutely back to 
square one. Now, um, you know, now we're in kind of like the 1984 to 1986 realm of time. Technology, especially in the forensic world, is kind of getting better. They had brought in different teams to make facial reconstructions, doing sketches. I think Patty may have even helped in the creation of, um, you know, some of these sketches. And then the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children uh, were kind of instrumental in creating and releasing two different facial reconstructions that they made um, after being able to get like CT scans of Valentine Sally's skull. Yeah. And then a guy named Carl Koppelman um, who's an artist out of California, got a hold of these scans and made um, like his own kind of his own kind of um, like colored, more realistic reconstruction of what he thought she looked like. Now, I'll post pictures of these on our Instagram and you can kind of see that like the CT scan reconstruction isn't super detailed. It's kind of um, almost like black and white, like it's not in color. You can't, I mean, you can get kind of a really vague idea of what she looked like, but unless you have a really good imagination, like there's, there's no hair color, um, any of that. So then I'll also post the... Um, the reconstruction by this Carl guy and it looks almost like um like a painting hmm. kind of so like it's full color it's a little bit you know more realistic to what a human obviously would look like so now we're going to go backwards a little bit and go back to Patty and investigators trying to track down who the hell this um truck driver was yeah. So Patty had guessed that the truck driver was around his 50s. He was, you know, kind of an average guy somewhere between 5'8 and 5'10. He had kind of like a medium build. So like he wasn't super th slim. He wasn't overweight. He was just kind of an average looking guy. She said he was wearing a checker patterned leather vest, black felt, um, a black felt cowboy hat with a peacock feather in it. And um, a sketch of him was later used with um, Patty's description. And some believe that the sketch was reminiscent of serial killer Royal Russell Long. Hmm. I haven't heard of this guy. I hadn't really either. Um, that might be a story for another, another episode. Day, yeah. Investigators were never able to get um, like a solid tie to him and her. So this guy was believed to um, the serial killer guy. They thought was traveling along I forty. Um, after he murdered two gals and kind of around the same area of time. And he was caught and sentenced for these murders in August of 1985. But he died of a heart attack in prison in 1993, and he never confessed or really said anything about having something to do with Valentine Sally's murder. 
So now we are going to fast forward again. We're going to fast forward again to 2005. Her case has now been assigned to the cold case squad, which was a, um, like a special division of the Coconoco, Coconino, Coconino County Sheriff's Office. I struggled with that one a little bit. Anyway. Coconut? So this group, like the cold case squad, was um, a handful of people who were investigators, retired FBI agents, volunteers, just kind of yada yada, that were really more or less passionate about wanting to keep this case alive and have it be solved. Um, The group had heard about the Golden State Killer case. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, and how he was identified through genetic genealogy. So they thought they had a little bit of a light bulb moment, and they said, hey, what if we gave that a try? So they got in touch with Barbara Ray Venter, the genealogist who was able to identify the Golden State Killer, um, and the group was like, hey, this is the story of this girl. We have a blood sample. We have a DNA sample. Can we get this in some public databases and figure something out? And wouldn't you know it, a match they did. was found. A cousin, actually. So they did their thing they started investigating they were trying to connect some dots they were getting really excited because um they did finally get a name and the name was carolyn eaton who was 17 at the time of her disappearance which she actually disappeared Christmas Day in 1981 from Bellefontaine Neighbors, Missouri. And yeah. she did have a history of a run as a runaway. Mm-hmm. Um, I through my research I couldn't find a whole heck of a lot about her and like her childhood and um, you know, kind of this, that and the but other need, need- Needless to say, it was probably rather turbulent if she had a history of running away. And Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they were able to publicly identify her as, yeah, like I said, 17-year-old Carolyn Celeste Eaton. Apparently, the day she went missing, her family came home to find her with two men they didn't know. They got into an argument. I don't know if they were men or like teenagers or friends, but I think the point was is that it's Christmas Day and she's got two boys in the house. Yeah. So they get into a big argument and she just kind of grabbed a handful of stuff, walked out the door, and they never saw or heard from her again. Wow. And they think that she had hitchhiked all the way to Arizona, which from tracks Missouri. because- yeah, yeah, because, you know, she she was hitchhiking around. I don't know. I couldn't really find a reason about 
why she was trying to get to New Jersey. Um, yeah. But apparently, you know, whatever she was doing, it was it was maybe kind of working out for her because, um, well, I don't want to say working out, but, you know, she left on Christmas Day, 1981, and then she died in February, the, you know, just a couple months later. I just, I kind of, I, I am just curious to know, like, what was she doing for those two months? Almost, yeah. or like a month and a half, I guess. Yeah. Who but, was she with? What was she doing? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, um, even though she has been identified, her murder has not been solved. Um, they are still working on, um, you know, any leads that they can get about possibly this truck driver. Patty, uh, the witness who saw her, said um, apparently kind of like her final one of her requests to the investigators was she said quote like this was after she was identified she said quote find out who did it and let me go stomp on his toes okay yeah which no shit. i feel you on that one patty or now you might be stomping on his grave because if he was in his 50s back then he'd be like maybe 90 now so yeah. Oh, and I don't remember if I mentioned this either, but it was um it was just in February of last year when she was like officially and publicly identified. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So now that she's been officially identified, who knows? Maybe that'll break something open in this case and it'll lead to either an arrest or figuring out who did it. Yeah. And I um That's a sad thing about these cases that are so old even when they figure out who did it all these years a lot of the times they're dead and gone, you know, yeah. and you don't always get the justice. Well, and if it, for. you know, if it is that killer that I had mentioned earlier, you know, He's been dead since the 90s, so Yeah, he's dead. So who knows? So, yeah, that is the story of the murder of um, Valentine Sally, a.k.a. Carolyn Celeste Eaton. That's a good one. I I like those stories, the, the kind of whodunit thing. And plus, it's it's good to shed light on cases like that that have been damn near forgotten after all these decades. Right. Yeah, I mean, even I don't know, like, if her family is still around or anything like that. But, you know, um, I do hope even just for her sake that, you know, maybe they are able to figure out who did it. Get some closure. Now it's time for the unnatural palate cleanse. Okay, I'm going to ask you something and I want you to be honest. What is a palette? Where Emily and Andy bring you their own unique and offbeat tales of intrigue from around the world today. So now, Emily, we're going to do what we did last year around this time and play some of our favorite outtakes from season two. Now, season two was a lot longer than season one was, so we've got some real gems in here. <laughs> I'm so excited. 
It's going to be fun. You're going to get uh, some Johnny Cash. You're going to get uh, Cowboy Andy and a whole lot more. But why don't we play Season 2 Outtakes? Whoop. Hey guys, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And <laughs> what? What did I do? Your little head shake was funny. I'm Andy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Start over. Hey guys, I'm Emily. <coughs> <laughs> I'm Andy. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to Unnatural. Yeah, let's start it again. (laughs) (sighs) Fuck this fucking shirt. Right. Hey guys, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I'm Andy. I could do the whole podcast like sounding like some cowboy. Please don't. That's fucked up, Emily. I can't believe that happened to her. I would never. Please continue. You got any chewing tobacco? <laughs> oh, God. Stop. And then the was trial that, was Was set. that the train? Oh, could you hear that? Yeah, there's a train coming. I hear the train coming. <laughs> coming around. <laughs> I ain't seen the shines. I don't know when. Oh, I'm stuck in Folsom Prison. Time keeps dragging on. Out of sight, I'm left a little. Oh, down a sand and tone. Bow, 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 bow. Sorry. You really got into that. <laughs> I love Johnny Cash. I fucking love I do love like Johnny Cash, Johnny too. Cash. I love the Johnny Cash movie with Joaquin Phoenix and yes. Reese Witherspoon. What about Reese without her spoon? <laughs> well, like my, inner, like, my inner monologue in high school was disturbing and weird and uh nobody needs to know and i don't think i would want to know about what was going on in anybody else's head so what's changed because your inner monologue is probably still disturbing and weird (laughs) yeah but like (laughs) different weird in a different way got it Like, in high school, I was just thinking about how depressed I was, or how much I hated school, or how much I hated person XYZ. These days, I'm, like, having legit anxiety attacks over contemplating the fact that the universe may not have always been here. 
And that's a perfect segue into our sponsor today, BetterHelp.com. I wish we were sponsored. (laughs) Because I need some better help. I cut myself. What did you do that for? You see that? Yeah. Did you fall down? No. I, uh... (laughs) I had two glasses of wine and I burnt myself on the stove when I was getting some sort of jalapeno poppers out. You dummy. <laughs> I know. But it's going to look awesome as a scar. Yeah, it looks pretty badass. Right? You could say that you like Chicks um, dig scars, got attacked so. by a tiger or something. Right? Saving a small child from a runaway carriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got attacked by a tiger king. <laughs> I got attacked by Carol Baskin. Jesus Stop Christ. It. Carol Baskin. Wow. Killed her husband. Whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. She shut down that time. Fed t- him to tigers. <laughs> they snacking. What was happening? Carol Baskin. Did you ever see that audio? No, on but TikTok? I need to now. Oh my God. I was so pure when I was a kid. Um, I thought babies came out of the belly button. Same. I didn't even realize that that wasn't a thing until like two years ago. Shut up. See, this is why you're single, because you just make yourself sound like an idiot. <laughs> I knew. I knew. <laughs> it's probably why I'm single, too. You know what? I'm okay with that. There's that train again. Should we start over? I hear the train a coming. Coming around the bend. I ain't seen the sunshine. Since I don't know when. (laughs) (laughs) You actually like looked like Joaquin Phoenix there. (laughs) That was a compliment. It was a compliment. I like living things too much and do you watch that anatomy guy on TikTok? Mm-mm. He, like, works with human cadavers and, like... Nope, 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 nope. No, it's really cool. He did a video on the... About the... um In the... Like, you got to see the brain. Yeah. That's so cool. Don't you want I mean, to know I, what you look like underneath your skin? I don't even want to know what I look like outside of my skin. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> The outside of me looks like this. I, I can't imagine what the inside of me looks like. Um, I can show you. You can show me what the inside of me looks like. So what do we got going on today? To, whoa, we have burps. Going Clearly, on today. Uh, some uh, some burps going on today. We will talk next week when Andy tells us about the New Year's resolution killer. Ooh, ooh. I don't think I've ever heard of that. A guy that made a long list of people he wanted to kill in the next year. And that was his New Year's resolution list. Ha. Huh. I'm just kidding. That never happened. God damn it. Andy. That'd be a I hell of like, a story though, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about what maybe your famous last words are going to be? Yes. Really? Okay, do tell. I mean, I'm sure you could probably... Could you hear the truck just... Outside. Yeah. Yeah. 
so those are going to be your last words. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That would be kind of cool, though, if, like, my famous last words were, make good choices, don't get God. Then the podcast would live on in infamy. Yeah, just, like, don't keel over and die right now as... (laughs) Right after we say that. (laughs) <laughs> don't follow don't don't do this to me. I lost Betty White today. I cannot I lose you. Would you continue on without me? Or would you do like a Andy tribute or I would definitely do an Andy tribute. Um I'm going to need you to actually send me the password to your computer just in case. So I can have access to <laughs> all of our audio files. Yeah, probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. You'd probably have another co-host like a week from now. No, I don't think I would. I don't think okay, two I weeks. don't think I could do I would probably continue the podcast, but I think I would yeah. just do it by myself. And then like at the end of every episode, I would just end it with like me saying make good choices and you saying don't get caught. Yeah, you would like put my audio clip in there. Yeah. Aww. I know. I know. Isn't that so sweet? And then, so what's going to happen is I'm going to come back as a ghost and I'm going to haunt you. Please don't do that because I do some weird fucking shit when I'm at home. I know. I don't want anybody. I don't. See, okay. I'm going to know. Okay. I think about that sometimes. Like when I'm doing something really weird or like. (laughs) I can't even imagine what you're just when I'm doing something weird, I'm like, what if my fucking grandma is watching me right now and just sitting there like shaking her head like this fucking idiot. So he kind of pivoted it or so he kind of pivoted, 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 pivoted. He kind of pivoted. Why did I have to make that one of my words? Um, so he kind of pivoted and when. <laughs> I said it right that time, didn't I? Yes. Or am I just overemphasizing it now? You're overemphasizing Fuck. it Fuck. So he kind of pivoted and went to the family practice arena. <laughs> so he decided a change of course and went to the... Pa- <laughs> so he said, Fuck that. I'm not going to be a surgeon anymore. <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Am I fucking boring you? Yeah, you are. This is the point. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. It's unconscionable. It's she what? She walks him out. Stop, 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 stop. What did you just say? Unconscionable. Isn't that a word? I don't know. <laughs> Pivoted. Yeah, that's totally a word. What does it mean? <laughs> okay, that's the word, but what does it mean? Immoral, unprincipled, indefensible, unethical. Okay, you can just choose and chosen one of those. I was totally <laughs> It's not even your episode for Operation Thesaurus, and you're going to throw that out there? Get out. You're done. And also, quite a few jugs of large water jugs. Jugs of large water jugs? <laughs> right. 
There's also quite a few large water jugs in there and some food in there as well. Sorry. Did I say it wrong again? No, but it just (laughs) made me laugh a second time. Because I wrote it wrong the first time. So let's get into the story of Dr. Marcel Andre Henri Felix Pio. Good pronunciation. I think that's how you pronounce it. High five me one time. Boom. Andy, come back. Any kind of fool could see there was something in it. Batch. What? Ow! 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 I was I was singing a song that I couldn't remember the lyrics of. You know the song that's like, "Baby, come back." Yeah. Any kind of fool can't see. Yeah, you know. But I was like, "Andy, come back." So there you go, the outtakes from season two, which, by the way, all you have to do to hear the outtakes is listen for our closing theme song to play, and then the outtakes commence each and every episode. So if you want to go back and listen to them, it might be a fun thing to do. Super fun. I always recommend. They are quite embarrassing, quite entertaining. (laughs) They're always embarrassing for both of us. Although lots Emily of thinks functions, lots yeah. of singing, lots of weird, lots of fuck ups. Yeah. Um, Emily's always convinced that uh, I pick on her more than I do myself <laughs> with these bloopers and outtakes because I'm the one that edits. But I swear I'm not doing that. I'm going to start keeping like a tally. For season three, be like, okay, one for me, one for Andy, one for me, 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 one for me. It's not my fault. You're just prone to hilarity, I guess. But that's a good thing for the podcast. That is why people like me, because I am the funny one, and it does make you really upset. And I know that, which is fine. You're just going to have to get over it. I'm funnier than you. Whatever funny looking maybe it counts (laughs) well speaking of season three it's going to be here in a matter of weeks and if folks want to connect with us on our socials let us know what podcasts they want to hear for season three we're totally up for that how can they find us they can find us on Twitter, Unnatural the Pod, Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. You can get at us through email, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. That is patreon.com slash unnatural the pod. Also consider rating subscribing following share us with your friends spread the word spread the joy spread the spread the joy of murder spread the joy of murder with (laughs) your favorite podcast hosts emily and andy only here on unnatural where we remind you each and every week 
to make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. See you in a few weeks. Bye. Coconoco, Coconino, Coconino County Sheriff's Office. I struggled with that one a little bit. Anyway. Coconut? Coco, if you like pina coladas and solving murders in the rain. If you want to catch a killer, they might say you're insane. Oh, she even rhymed it. Putting bad guys in prison. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was good. You know, I can, I can freestyle. I like your improv there. Yeah, yeah. You're right there with uh, Eminem and Eight Mile. Yeah. I'll Better than that, that Papa Doc guy who couldn't do I'll shit. I'll take that trophy arm. Shoot. All right. Adam Driver?